0: Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas.
1: Thank you. And then as soon as we wanted to watch it on that Forgotten Cinema, it goes to AE, and and I got to pay to rent she obliterates his area. He's back up
0: fighting like there's no pain going through there. Lady, you're about five punches to the ball. That late. guy there's nothing down yeah, there but dust. That guy needs to be on the floor writhing in
1: pain. Oh, man, he reads a lot. He's such a weirdo. <laughs> He's so great. He's so much better than everybody. He is, right? Oh Look at that God. review. Oh, my God.
0: Hello, I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the movie simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, we want to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Find us. Our podcast is available on all platforms, with a backlog of over 150 episodes, for your listening pleasure. And what's going on?
1: Uh, uh, I nothing, was going to say yeah. something
0: big, but I, I decided not to. <laughs> I didn't change my mind.
1: Uh, I'm just, uh, you know, some company reached out to me. They wanted to uh, help with their books. Liv- some money- Living robotics? Yeah, they think there's a leak in their books. I tried to figure it out. I thought I found it out. And then they, you know, they just let me go. You were looking for the one-armed man? Not suspicious at all. No, that's the wrong movie. Yeah, incorrect. What movie are we be doing this week? We are doing 2017. No, 2016. Off to a good start. The accountant. <laughs> Christian Wolf is a mathematics avant with more affinity for numbers than people. Using a small town CPA office as a cover, he makes his living as a freelance accountant for dangerous criminal organizations. With the treasury agent, J.K. Simmons, hot in his heels, Christian takes on a state-of-the-art robotics company as a legitimate client. As Wolf gets closer to the truth about a discrepancy that involves millions of dollars, the body count starts to rise. This is The Accountant. That's not exciting.
0: All right, so the account has a runtime of 128 minutes. Red R, production budget of 44 million dollars. It came out on October 14th, 2016. That was a Friday, and it's opening weekend. week and it did 24.7 million. Domestic was an 86.2 million clip. International 68.9, which gives you 155 million worldwide. So not bad, pretty good. Yeah. Plus, I also have numbers that in between it came out on DVD and Blu-ray. And towards the end of 2016, the beginning of 2017, between January and March of 2017, it did about $19 million in Blu-ray and DVD sales. Nice. So I also have that number for you as well. I always like having that number because it's interested to see, you know, how that the discrepancy, not the discrepancy, but just how, how it, it does performs. Fact, yeah. yeah. Because that obviously dictates like what's going to happen next with the IP, which we'll talk about later. A production company was Electric City Entertainment, Rat Pack Dune Entertainment, and Zero Gravity Management, and it was distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures. It came out on the 14th, went up against in a wide release. Kevin Hart, what now? I'd say. That's a stand-up? It is a stand-up, okay. I believe. And the movie Max Steel. Also, who had a limited release of Harry Potter, the IMAX Marathon, which I know we both worked, and we know we both hate. <laughs> that was a long day. The week after, on the 21st of October, you had Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. Uh Ouija, Origin of Evil. Is that the sequel to the Ouija one? They made two Ouija movies? Pretty sure they did. I remember no one coming to the Ouija movies. Uh, Agreed. (laughs) Uh, You also had Keeping Up with the Joneses and Boo, a Medea Halloween. (laughs) And You also had a limited release that week of American Pastoral, Denial, and Moonlight. Uh, The week before, the 7th of October, you had a wide release of The Girl on the Train. Middle school, the worst years of my life, and the birth of a nation. I remember, I remember the hype for birth of a nation came and then went. I don't even remember birth of a nation. I uh, remember the guy that made it. It was like, it took, it took a long time for him to make it. But then when it came out, there were sexual assault allegations levied against him Ooh. from his past. I, I, I think that, and then it kind of petered out a little bit. And then you never really heard from it again. So this film was directed by Gavin O'Connor, who has done Miracle, Warrior, and The Way Back. Uh, Written by Bill Dubuque. Or Dubuque? Eh, whatever. (laughs) He done, he, uh, I don't, I don't know if he's a uh, creator of this show, but I know that he is an executive producer and written a lot of episodes for the TV show Ozark. He's also done The Judge and a Definitely Maybe. Uh, Cinematographer was Seamus McGarvey, who's uh, been nominated for two Oscars. Anna Corinna, Corinna. Karina, yeah, yeah, oh, man, I'm I'm off today. And Atonement, and also he uh, did Bad Times at the El which uh, we did. Oh uh, yeah, a few seasons ago. Composer was Mark Isham, who was nominated for an Oscar for A River Runs Through It. He's also done Forty Two, Invincible, and The Majestic. Edited by Richard Pearson, who was nominated for an Oscar for United ninety three. He also did a Bond film, Quantum of Solace, and The Rundown, and produced by Lynette Howell Taylor and Mark Williams. Taylor was, was nominated for an Oscar for producing A Star is Born. She also did Blue Valentine and Big Eyes and Williams has done the Cooler, Cop Shop, and Blacklight. I think the last three or four movies have been with Liam Neeson in his uh, in his film action movie. movie phase. Yeah, <laughs> so you have Ben Affleck as Christian Wolf. Uh, he's nominated for two Oscars, neither for acting. He won the Oscar Best Picture for Argo and for direct, uh, not for directing, uh, for writing for Goodwill Hunting. And he's also Batman in the new DC, whatever they're doing stuff. Right, brother? DC Universe? Apparently
1: he's back, even yeah. though he was out.
0: <laughs> Anna Kendrick has Dana Cummings. She was nominated for an Oscar for Up in the Air. She's also in the Pitch Perfect series and the movie A Simple Favor. And I think that uh, they're actually doing a Simple Favor sequel. So are they oh, this, really? they're optioned or it's coming. Yeah.
1: It was my Up in the Air sequel?
0: <laughs> J.K. Simmons as Ray King He was he won an Oscar for his role in Whiplash And he also was nominated for an Oscar for the Being being the Ricardos Which was last year, I believe He's also in Juno And he's uh, Spider-Man What's the character again? J. Jonah James J- There you go He's also in Oh, well, he is in the new one But that was because it was the multiverse And I've already confused myself with the Spider-Man stuff <laughs> John Bernthal is Brax I guess that's a good way to try to hide his name uh, He's in The Wolf of Wall Street He's a TV show The Punisher And Ford vs. Ferrari Jeffrey Tambor as Francis Silverberg from the TV show Arrested Development and Transparent. He's also in the movie The D-Train, which we covered uh, a couple seasons ago as well. Cynthia Ade Robinson plays Mary Beth Medina from the TV show Power. She's also in the movie Always and Forever. And she's in the upcoming show on Amazon, Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. John Lithgow is Lamar Blackburn. Uh, he is uh, nominated for two Oscars, one for Terms of Endearment and the other for The World According to Garp. And he's also the Trinity Killer in Dexter. That's yes, how, I think that's how a lot of people know him now.
1: Well, also third rock from yep, the third sun. Yep, third rock from the sun. But yep. yeah, the Trinity Killer.
0: Gene Smart is Rita Blackburn. Uh, she's in the TV show Hacks and the TV show Designing Women. That's all I have because I, I felt like... I had to have a cutoff with the with the. There were some people I could have put in there, but I right. felt like if I went even more, I would just add like six. Too other, many people. Yeah. yeah. So I had to cut it off because I don't, I'm not a big fan of when the cast is large. I try to put people in there that had some kind of, you know, like, oh, I know who that is, but. Yeah. Right. So that's where I, I sat with that. All right, Mike. Let's see. What my last fact? What's my last fact? That's it. That's all my facts. That's um, all your facts. Facts are over. <laughs> so I know we both saw this. I know we both enjoyed this. I had not seen this since I saw it in the theater. I may have seen a scene or two.
1: Right. Here What's weird is we didn't watch this together in the theater. You might've had this week off. So I remember see. watching this on my own in the theater that,
0: that that Thursday. Well, yes, probably. Cause I didn't watch, I wouldn't have watched any of those other movies. Uh, Kevin Hart movie or Max Steel. So maybe I was off that week or I just couldn't do it or something.
1: something. Oh, there are a couple where you had to go. Actually, yeah. You know, so work. exactly. <laughs> you
0: I know I watched Jack Reacher Never Go Back. I know I watched that. Jack Reacher Never Go Back. I want to say we watched the Girl on the Train too. We did that movie's yeah.
1: not good. Yeah, that's all right.
0: So, anyways, so it's been a while since we um seen this. Both have seen this film, right? You haven't seen this. I haven't since? seen it since we watched it in the theaters either. No. Uh, some stuff changed for me. Uh, just questions I had. I still still moments
1: I like in the film. I'm wondering if a lot changed for you since your last watch. Um. Not really. I really liked this film when I saw it. And then I really liked it again when I just watched it uh, for the podcast. I just really liked this film. There are a couple of things. I know Anna Kendrick can be a a really great actress. She's great in Up in the Air. I think there's just her lines are very, not cliche, but kind of written to move a relationship with Christian that I don't feel is realistic um, in the way she talks to him. So there's a couple of moments there like in the hotel that didn't work for me as well this time. Uh, but for overall, like I think uh, I know Ben Affleck thinks like, this is one of his best performances, and I would tend to agree. I think he puts a lot of work into his
0: top five personal favorite performances. Do you do know it. what the other four are? I have that down my man. head. I,
1: know. I figure you have them written down. Of course, I do. Yeah, uh, you,
0: know, you don't got nothing. You can't get any guesses. Uh, think of the movies that I he's in. I just read
1: that note too. No, I can't. All right, so, Batman and the DC. Oh, that's right. Standard Batman universe. was one of them, which I was surprised about. Holden
0: McNeil from Chasing Amy, mm-hmm. Tony Mendez in Argo, and Chucky from Goodwill
1: Hunting. Those are his five personal faves, according yeah. to the notes online. I wonder if it would change now after he did The Wayback. Back.
0: Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there may because The Wayback's a good film, but there's no right. there's no fun in that role. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a really hard, serious role. Maybe there wasn't a lot to. Cause he is well, I'm not he's it's not little, one note. When I say one note, I don't mean that as a cut for right. way back. He's just he's always down and dour in that film. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and he's and he's struggling to c- to get back to some kind of positivity in his life. So I don't know. Maybe it just didn't relate to it. I don't know. Maybe that will change. But uh oh, but to your point about Anna Kendrick, I, I didn't I didn't have a problem with with her in this film. Maybe I can understand in terms of the writing and what they were trying to do. Like yeah, I not saying it was her fault. I just right. think
1: that. Anybody given those lines, I just don't, it just didn't really feel, I don't really feel the connection there.
0: Well, let's talk about that relationship because I don't know if I, at some point when we first meet Christian Wolf, they do a really good job of setting up his life and how, what he needs.
1: His um, lack of connection. That he right. Can't. His
0: routine. I still don't understand the routine of going to that house and rolling his calf or his
1: shin with that wooden dowel. I don't know what that I think that's just the sensation centers him while the light's flashing in the sound. While there's
0: giant music going on. The thing
1: on. that I thought was just like, all right, he's just got to get like the sensory stuff out of the way. Cause like you don't take bright lights. You just got to get more like, if that's what his dad said. when right. to take You got neuroscience. Yeah. But then watching it this time at the end with the last battle, when he's hiding behind the wall and the other mercenary comes up and he's just shooting the uh the wall to try to get him out of there right he's like trying to like real hard to just like take the sound and the muzzle flashes so i'm wondering if that's supposed to be simulated gum gunfire and like that's how he gets used to gunfire
0: i don't know maybe i i, I don't know but um so my point with with, with just uh, setting up all that stuff and and how they set up his life and then he first meets rita blackburn played by gene smart and the other guy who like killed yeah And he's very curt. He's very short. You know, he's very like, he doesn't care. He's very to the point. Yeah. And then even when he meets Dana and then like the next day, it's like he, like when he sits down for lunch, right. It changes. Like he suddenly changes. And I don't, I got a sense that his character had a shift and maybe that's just because, okay, well this is how the plot goes and that's how we wrote it. I just, I don't know. I I didn't understand if that fit. I I still question whether that, you know, then all of a sudden he's a, He's a high functioning uh, autistic person. A person with high functioning autism. Right. But you know, but when they show him as a kid, that's not the indication I get. When he's, you know, when he's having, when his father has to come in and calm him down. Right.
1: We don't really see him. We see him basically at one stage in his life. They only flash back to the same age version of Christian. We True. never see him at different ages. Him in the military. Him doing this and that. So we never really get to see what worked and what didn't work in terms of him becoming more functioning. And I get that Dana, like the fact that she doesn't just kind of go away or walk away after realizing he's not answering back. Like she keeps trying. Um, but why does she keep trying? Mm-hmm. But like, and obviously Christian, cause he, he desperately wants a connection. He just can't have it kind of ends up warming up to that. Like, I don't like it, but okay, she, she's not running away. Let me try.
0: Oh, and but- she, she makes a reference to, she likes solving puzzles. She likes making, she likes balancing Which is like things. a connection
1: to him. Right. Right.
0: And if you read some of the notes about how, uh, I guess Anna Kendrick's mother is an accountant. So she helped her with the math and the script. And, and so she kind of used her mother as a kind of a basis for her character. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a cool note. Uh, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I just like the questions I have about their relationship. And I'm really glad that it didn't get, uh, not that it didn't have physical, but it wasn't, overly romantic. It was like a kinship a little
1: no, bit. No, there's a scene toward the end of the hotel where you think it might get that way. I think he and felt that and doesn't. he didn't
0: want that. Yeah. yeah. So he goes, I, I got, yeah. Because he could Crazy it, Eddie. It, right, right. I, I'm kind of glad they didn't do that. My questions about the relationship is just basically I, I don't know. Not that I don't know what to think, but I'm just, I don't have the answer yet.
1: I can't figure it out. I think if she was there and didn't leave while he was trying to figure it out writing on the whiteboard and stuff like that, and was with him during that whole time mm-hmm. to give them a little bit more time together. I think it would have worked better for me. Mm-hmm. So well, if she was there that overnight, them spending more time together than just one conversation at lunchtime.
0: time. Uh, d- yeah. So would that make the scene where he is excited to show her that he, he figured it out? Would that make that scene a uh, better for you in terms of if she had been there working with him the whole time? Cause all of a sudden she he comes, she comes in and he's like, he wants to show her like has, you know, I mean, like that's well, never
1: because ha- she likes puzzles. So maybe she's sure. really excited. And maybe that's how he gets when he solves a puzzle. Maybe he gets really excitable, which I can understand. Mm-hmm. But it, w- I think it would work better if let's say she's helping him and then, you know, it gets late. So she passes out on the desk again. She wakes up and he's done like there's so much more than there was original.
0: Right. The digital word. Did you read that? That the they
1: copied and made his his handwriting a font.
0: And, the, and so so what I'm at, so my question is, did he ever write on those windows or did
1: they just put those in after the fact? It seems like he did write on the windows, but for take after take, if they had to delete stuff, they just they were able to add certain things. in. That's
0: better than I thought they just
1: faked the whole thing. I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah, that was a little like, no, (laughs) that was probably all written, but there was probably a section where he could erase and then go back over. Right,
0: right. No, I I got you. I got you there.
1: My favorite part of the movie is the end,
0: but more importantly, not the shootout. The shootout's a nice shootout. Yeah. You know, Uh, but just the relationship between the two brothers.
1: Oh, absolutely. That was that that kind of made the movie for me. That, right. That cap right. Up. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 I don't respond. know. No, I, I think that the the film builds up to it, but it doesn't. It teases it like watching it again. I notice certain things that are like maybe like Brax kind of well, getting he, the hint that it might Wendy. Be well,
0: I think when he figures it out is when Lithgow, excuse me, uh, Lithgow's character, uh, Lamar tells him about the accountant. And, he, and he he's tells, just some freak. Yeah, like I think because kind of there's a, they cut to a shot of him and he's like, but so that's
1: when I thought that he first thought it was his brother. Is that when you think it was? I think he was reminded of his brother, but I don't think, think that's exactly when he. Well, the was next scene after he's asking him questions to ex- describe him. Exactly. Oh, that's true.
0: So he's had it in his brain. Right. So maybe he's like pushing him for more. I don't think it was a scene when he shoots at him from across the. Oh, no, Street. I don't think he yeah. knew him. Yeah, right. I don't
1: think either of them were able to really see each other. At that right. point. I don't think that Christian knew he was going after Braxton.
0: Do you think that? I mean, because I was I don't know if I was I think I was not fooled, but I didn't see it
1: coming in the first watch. Do you think it's obvious? It's what? tough after the second watch. It's super obvious. Sure, sure. But now after this one, no, I did not see it coming. I right. was like, oh, snap, this is brother. I was waiting the first time I saw it for them to explain that um, Braxton died. And that's why you don't see him anymore. Something else happened further in his life. Right. And then when he's ignored, like he joined the military, there's his dad. I was so caught up in the fact that his dad jumped in front of a bullet and, you know, he was arrested and made a scene in front of this funeral home that I was distracted by. His brother wasn't there.
0: So let's talk about that. okay? so (laughs) so so let's talk about so the mother leaves the mother just can't, has had enough, and she leaves the family. She leaves her sons. She leaves her husband.
1: Oh, i love to see when the other, when Braxton uh, Brax gives him, gives him a finger. finger.
0: She leaves. She, she abandons the family. She, right. She goes, and she starts another fit with this other guy, and she passes away. So, at the funeral, the first husband, Braxton and Christian's, uh, what's his father? Yeah. Uh, you never get his name. Yeah, okay. Father, show the up. colonel. <laughs> show up. <laughs> yep. And- pay their respects, but it's like the 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 father, the new the new husband, the new widower knows who he is. Has a problem with it. And I'm like, why do you have a problem with it? She left. Yeah. She left because she couldn't handle it anymore. He didn't beat her. He wasn't abusive. It was just, you know, she left. She bailed on her family. Why do you have such an issue with him showing up just to pay? They're just paying their respects. Yeah. I, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand the... I mean, maybe there was something that uh you know, was in the script that they did, we didn't they see. Developed. Yeah. I just didn't understand the motivation of why the widower would just be suddenly like
1: grab his children and be like, oh, this is
0: ridiculous. Why is he here?
1: No, it's like he purposely tried to make the scene. Right. And that's what happened. Mm-hmm. But absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I,
0: I, I didn't. I felt like that scene was the, we have, the father has to die because Christian has to be on his own and alone. And then you have to explain the 10 year absence between the two brothers because he blames him for his death.
1: Right. Yeah. Although you could have just had Chris's father died in his own and I, I, Brax just didn't know. want to join the military. Brax had enough of the father's training, sort of but or. the
0: father was in it. the The colonel the was an interesting storyline because the colonel was like in psyops, psychological ops, right? Yeah, and he, that's what he was using to help his son. To it's almost like to to train his other son, Braxton, but also to to help his other son, Christian. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to to battle, you know, what's what's ailing him? That's because that's how he thinks. You know, if he hates loud noises, and that's what you Just know, give him more so he gets right. used to it. Yeah, so. Uh, But I thought that was an interesting, like, that whole storyline would be intriguing as a movie to me. The father trying to raise his kids, but getting them ready for. The world or something like that i mean he he'd definitely oh, yeah. be a villain character i don't know if he'd be he'd no be exactly
1: yeah you see just a little bit of him so you're kind of torn as to whether he's a villain or not here well you but see you saw more of their life together he he's the villain
0: character. the most of it you see is when he's in uh jakarta and they're training him uh
1: and he's just like keep fighting
0: yeah peel back the onions and that's where you know, the I need to know their
1: weaknesses yeah
0: so like that that's where you get a a hint of that otherwise you just get kind of like the standard trope of the a uh, buttoned-up army colonel who expects discipline—that's where you get. Right, you know what yeah. I mean? um, so, but you never see—you never see his father, like especially when the mother leaves and the young character Christian is is freaking out, is having a, an episode. But the father doesn't come in and get mad. He hugs him, holds him down, tries to tell him. Says, "There's that prayer to
1: uh, me, that Solomon rhyme? Grande, Yep. Do you, know, born, do you know the rhyme? Did you, I have it? Down. Solomon Grande, born on a Monday, died on a Tuesday, buried on Wednesday. Uh, back on a Thursday.
0: Uh, born on a Monday, christened on Tuesday, Christen on Tuesday, married on Wednesday, took ill on Thursday, grew worse on Friday, died on Saturday, buried on Sunday. That was the end of Solomon Grundy. So he, that's that's what he's repeating, obviously, right. you know, the whole time in the movie. Um, so
1: the only reason I know because of the Batman bad guy Solomon. Well, Grundy. I know I get that the the he's a zombie, right? He's a zombie that can't die. Yeah, yeah, Big Hulk and zombie guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um, yeah, so I, the, when you never see the father, kind of. Hit him. You just see the father's being that trying to be that rock for him. A little exactly. Bit. Yeah. So I, I don't necessarily know if, like you said, like he would be the villain in that story. I don't know. I don't. Uh, I thought they did a good job in this movie, not painting him as that bad guy.
1: Sure. Yeah. You kind of don't know what to think of him. Like, is this the clearly it helped him. But did it help him in the wrong way? Like, was there a better way? It
0: made him super rich, but he's also a killer. I Man made him a super rich killer that works for the bad guys. <laughs> well, it works for who's paying? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually not true because he didn't hook up with him until he hooked up with uh, the Silverberg character in the jail. That's when he kind of got with all the bad guys. That's when he came to work yeah, with the bad guys. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, at first he just got arrested
1: for the funeral the home and Yeah, and beating up a bunch of people. So,
0: But he's basically,
1: not I would say on the land, but he's wanted. Yeah, because yeah. he went to the maximum security prison, escaped. He basically con aired at those guys. <laughs> then he gets sent to the minimum security prison for helping the government with their books. Right. And then there he learned about cooking books for bad guys. He only escaped because Francis got killed, which was Ray King's fault, which is J.K. Simmons. game. Right, right. Which I don't know how you felt about that storyline. I didn't necessarily like it as much. I thought they spent too much time on it this time.
0: The FBI stuff. The FBI stuff. Yeah, one of my notes is my. I had a question that I asked out loud, and we, you can answer. You can try to answer. Does the FBI stuff get in the way? A little bit, it, yeah. It, it, like, like there's a moment where they're in that they're in the house, and there's pretty much a a, a huge exposition dump in the house where Ray Kang, J.K. Sims character, is just like explaining everything, and I'm he like, tells
1: you where Christian Wolf came from,
0: but that, but, but like he retells the the story like three times almost. And it's like a 10 to 15 minute slowdown in this film. We're just like,
1: oh, why are we doing this? It comes at a bad point because it comes basically, you know, the final fight's about to happen. Mm-hmm. So why did we just cut away from the final fight when we know? Because mm-hmm. it happens right after Christian closes the door uh, out of the to Dana's hotel room, right? Right. And then it cuts to them. So I think it's poorly placed. I think if it was right before, if it was before that, it would have been all right. But well, I also don't think you need the rest of, it's just too much time trying to figure out that you don't know who Christian Wolf is.
0: And to compare it to something that did it well, it, the, and we're doing this movie uh, in a couple of weeks, is the end of Wind River. When she goes to the door yes. handle, it stops, yeah. and then you find out what happened. Like that's a great way to do it in comparison to what we have here, which it just, it doesn't, it's clunky.
1: It is clunky, but yeah. the story takes place over too much time. True. So you have to do it in that kind of way. I just don't think it's poorly timed. Right. And we've already spent too much time with these guys. Yeah,
0: I, I I, don't know if you remove the FBI aspect out of it. The whole stuff with Medina, how she, you know, she lied on her application and and, you know, she's going to take over for Ray King so that she'll get the phone calls like all that stuff. I was just like, this really
1: isn't what I I don't care about this story. I kind of like it because it, it's the only thing that makes him kind of Christian Wolf, kind of a good guy. Sure. In a way, I just think they spend too much time on it. Because it's too much of her trying to investigate who Christian Wolf is when Ray King and then thusly the audience already know she's not going to find out really anything. Because Ray King is the one that ends up telling her because he figured. But how did he figure it out if she couldn't figure it out also confuses
0: me. Well, it also it was really easy for her. Not easy, but like nobody could search in hit search his aliases and figure out what his aliases were. Apparently not. I mean, <laughs> they searched all those names. Ray King did. Uh, just check these out. I don't know. I'm not I'm not a good treasury. <laughs>
1: like he went from quitting. To like the head of the Treasury Department because he just started solving all those cases <laughs> and no one got suspicious all of a sudden. It's not really not good. Are at good? Job? Are you a good Treasury agent? No, not particularly. No. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to
0: talk about the idea of how living robotics was gonna talk themselves out of something. So it starts off. Uh, What's his face was stealing sixty million dollars, Lamar. Mm-hmm. pumping it back into his business to to make it over inflate so the, the numbers so they will public and he would make a lot of money right okay fine
1: no it's yeah. not for him to make a lot of money it's
0: so that he can increase the business <sighs> whatever anyway so that's what that's what he was doing and you first think it's the character uh chilton mm-hmm. who did CFO. it so right so instead of and then you figure so then Brack shows up and tells him you need to kill yourself so that, you know, your wife can get the
1: life insurance and then... Yeah, if you over-insulin you- yourself, it's going to look like an accident and you'll get the insurance. Yeah. If I have to kill you, it ain't going to look like that.
0: Yeah, and I like that whole thing because like then I got to violate your wife. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm not going to violate your wife. What kind of person would I be if I said... Like, I liked all that <laughs> stuff. I like Burnthal, I really like in this film. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so, but so they're trying to, like, cover their bases, find a scapegoat and move on. Right. But then all of a sudden... It's a real easy decision for Lamar to have his sister shot and killed. Uh, And then I'm like, how are you going to explain that? Like, how is that going to be explained now? Because you just basically assassinated her.
1: Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah,
0: I I didn't understand that. Like, it was just like an assassination
1: attempt and we're moving on. What I also didn't get this time, but like I didn't care last time, is you set up Brax as kind of a good guy Mm -hmm. at the very beginning. He's working for someone who's. From the steel industry, people losing their jobs because someone is shorting stocks in England mm-hmm. and ruining a lot of people's lives. So he's hired to stop him. He doesn't kill the guy; he just kind of through intimidation convinces him not to, you know, okay. do anything. Next scene, as far as we know, Chilton and maybe even Brax knows Chilton's a bad guy. Chilton is cooking. So you're the saying books. you're
0: saying that Brax what. You don't think Brax knew that Lamar was doing everything? Right.
1: He was just told that Chilton's He was out. just told. So he's like, I'm doing the right thing. And then over insulin yourself. Your wife goes, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So not only is it easy for Blackburn to kill his sister. Which is yeah. But Brax is Brax is the one to do it. Yeah. You know, I, I, even though I, yeah. up to this point he's he hasn't been that cold blooded in terms of what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, that I I needed to see something where at least this time, not the first time where he's kind of convinced that what he was doing was the right.
0: thing. See, I don't think that whole plot point was thought out. I don't think a lot of that was thought out. I think it was just
1: I, I don't I it seems think up to Chilton. Yes. But yeah, the Rita stuff does. not I don't
0: think it. Braxton cares who he kills. I think he just wants to get paid. And that's it. He works for whoever hires him. I don't. And I think he knew. I think he he probably knew Lamar was bad and he knew from what he was start. doing and he was hired. And, and he had to do a job. And now they had to protect him from this guy that was killing him and stuff like that. But obviously family trumps all that because he's just
1: like oh, she, when he shoots
0: them, he's just like, eh.
1: yeah, he doesn't care.
0: <laughs> I
1: mean, at that point, all his guys are dead anyway as well. So yeah. it's like, Who cares? Yeah. So, uh, yeah,
0: I, I think a lot of that wasn't really thought out that well. Um, and I, that's probably maybe maybe it was rationalized at some point.
1: But I, I like we're both talking about we can't buy it. I think that at that point. They were done with the the mystery plot of that and they were just like, all right, now we're just going to focus on Braxton and Christian's relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the movie and no one's going to care about the that the anymore. Yeah. But I need to, that rationalization. I need to know more about maybe Braxton at that point because the second time watching it, it just doesn't line up. Was what I
0: was. Showing. Well, you're gonna find out, man, because September 2021, O'Connor announced that deals were, for the sequel were made. So I the sequel's excited. happening now. I'm excited. Well, yeah, because the two the the two biggest points parts of the sequel, uh, the two brothers are, I'm assuming, where the focus is going to be on, which is good because those two those two actors are good together. Those two characters are really cool. I think that that's uh, that's a sequel that I'm like, okay, uh, yeah. I, I want to see this. You'll
1: also be able to get more because Braxton, even at the end, gets a little bit more of a personality at a christian than you had before right so you might be able to see a different side of christian that we didn't see in the first one yeah which will change things up a bit as well
0: we'll see i mean i'm, I'm hope i mean i would assume that we're not going to see this until 2024 2025 but still yeah. it, it's good that we're going to get a sequel because anyone that liked this film you left that theater you left the viewing going i really want to know more about the brothers because they yeah. just kind of tapped that um the surface of what they could be
1: yes so yeah no i uh, so i'm good with that. I'm definitely good with that. I also like the action in the film. I thought the action was really well done.
0: All of it. My favorite part of the action is when the guy opens the door to when the guys ha- are in Anna Kendrick's apartment and he opens the door slowly because he's
1: trying to get the guy and he just oh. gets shot in the face. <laughs> I'm just like, mm, come on, I'm like you don't look in the people. <laughs> nope. I like the uh, one of my favorite deaths is when Christian's first attacking the house at the end. Mm hmm. And Braxton just goes. Ever see a match grade round traveling at three thousand miles per hour through a window? Yeah. And then, poof, nobody yeah. does. Yeah. <laughs> his own guy gets killed, and he's just like, "All right." Yeah. yeah. Well, he knows he's wrong. Happening. Yeah. You you go go join your friends. I'll watch the game.
0: So at the end of that, when he when he tells him, yeah, when he tells him that he want, he'll sit at the bank of computers, and he tells him to go. Is that because he knows that it's his brother?
1: I think at that point he's suspecting it, yeah. so he doesn't want to go fight his own brother. Right, he, he doesn't. And wanna. I think by testing out those guys, mm-hmm. I think he knows if it is Christian, he'll kill them all. So he's waiting to see will he win. Oh yeah, yeah definitely my brother.
0: And now. even when they're fighting,
1: it's not I want to kill you. It's just he's mad at them. So they're f- oh at that point yeah. it's just a brawl. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. why John Lithgow is looking at the camera like what the fuck is <laughs> going on. <laughs> Cause they don't start fighting until he t- starts talking about his mom. Oh yeah, but no. I do like when he runs out to his one guy. He's like, "No, hold your fire, hold your fire." And he's like, "Yeah, shut up or whatever." Screw he that. Shoots him. He shoots him in the face. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I was like, oh. <laughs> he loses all his guys though. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about him. Why should I care? Got to assemble a whole new crew. <laughs> the other thing that was like at the beginning when they attack the farm. Yeah. When those two guys die. But then Ray King and Mary Beth never find out about, like, they went to ZZZ Accounting. Yes. The farmers. And now they're reporting that their accountant murdered two people on their farm. Well, well, that's the thing. Would they?
0: Would they bury the bodies for him? Like, that's the thing. Would they? Because
1: he saved them a couple hundred I, well, bucks on their taxes. Well, I think, I
0: think it would be nice. I think that would be a nice, to, nice to know, like, what happened after. He just leaves them
1: there. Yeah, he just waves I'm, and then goes to yeah. go protect Dana. So Uh,
0: maybe maybe we could have a little wrap up of what goes on there.
1: I mean, I would really wouldn't I wouldn't need the wrap up if Ray King and Mary Beth weren't investigating in a ZZ accounting thing and being like, yeah, ZZ accounting. It's like, then what about the crime like reported on the farm where they Mm -hmm. went to ZZ accounting? Mm -hmm. Now he's definitely going to be fingered, but he never is. And so.
0: Christian goes and cooks the books for. Or tries to find when people lose money, or, or you know, like when somebody, you know, when he talks about how if a drug cartel lose lost lost thirty million dollars in product, you know, who do you call? Who right. Might? Yeah, it's okay. So are we assa- are we saying that he does all that work and does stuff in terms of uh, assassinations or fighting people or killing people for them? Does, does I don't it, think he does assassinations so, okay. for these people. So, I think
1: he knows how to do it. So right. if they break his moral code, he goes and murders them. Right. Okay, so are we saying that that's happened before? I think it's probably happened during the cases he's broke. So I'm wondering, like, like, or he just gives him information. Wouldn't you think that there
0: would be more of a file on this mysterious person who, you know what I mean? I think
1: just because they have all those pictures, there would be more of a file. Right. But you also have Ray King maybe is kind of. You know, he is that that bad. Under, sweeping that under the rug <laughs> because he doesn't oh, want. Oh, OK. OK. He's breaking cases for us. So we might sense. as well go, oh, yeah, don't worry about that guy in the back. He's not really. Anything that that,
0: that makes sense. You. OK. OK, yeah. that makes sense. I've
1: looked into it. Don't worry about it.
0: <laughs> did you know that the Ravenite Social Club is the actual headquarters of the former real F Gambino boss, John Gotti? I did know that. I, didn't
1: know. I read notes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> OK, fine. Give me a note then.
1: Oh, Any oh, and <laughs> see, there weren't that many like, uh, great notes in yeah,
0: there. Were. I love the note about the uh, Harbor Institute how oh, it's fictional but there is a real life location on that in Dartmouth's College Center oh, Dartmouth. that for is a Cognitive area. Neuroscience yeah I know
1: I love that I thought I that thought... the $1,100,000 is actually binary code yes yeah I can't remember what, what they called people NTs what was that um normal nor, neural nor, normal
0: basically like referencing people that do not have autism but don't understand that maybe autism is something yeah you know something more not not less than something more than yes right which there's a there was a movie that that happened that was into that talk about that maybe that's just a common theme uh in in these films do you know about the paintings and what they're called and all that stuff i mean i don't know if you're interested in that
1: uh, I looked at it but I wasn't like I was like alright <laughs> <laughs> I know that Jackson Pollock is edited to have an eye on it where it doesn't actually usually have an but eye I think the original's bigger yes it's not the right size yeah yeah I mean okay. but
0: but his I'm pretty sure his canvases are big to begin with uh, just because how he, paint, how he painted that's how they they were always so, huge in the right uh,
1: the movie I watched with uh, what's his face? Pollock right? with Ed 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 Harris. At helm. Ed, Ed. Ed, helm. <laughs> Ed something. <laughs> Ed Harris. <laughs> I can never remember Ed Harris's name. Shame
0: on you. Shame on you. Anyways, yeah, no, I think they were bigger fran uh bigger cameras. So he's got the yeah. paint cans
1: going like splashing everything and all so, that. Yeah, I stuff. think so it's gotta be
0: huge. The note that I had here was either this was the first one or this was the last one before he started using mops and buckets. I believe. And it's called freeform. That's what the that's what it's called that was hanging off of his uh, ceiling. Yes. And the one that the Renoir's called Women with Woman with Parasol and Child and the dogs playing poker one's called the friend in need. <laughs> <laughs> I love dogs playing poker. Yeah. It's
1: incongruous. <laughs> I love incongruity.
0: <laughs> um so let me see. I have uh as I always like to do I like to give you some uh, reviews. See if you agree or don't agree. Um Vince Mancini of UpRocks gave the film a positive review, writing, it's transparent in its attempt both to pimp a future franchise and give autistic kids their own superhero. There's a genuine sweetness to the latter that converts me on the former. Headshots, math problems, and pain, social interaction. Sign me up. That's a bit of a... That's,
1: that's, a, an, that's an NT's way of looking at this. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> Sign me up for, for all that weirdness. I mean, that's a little... Uh, Richard Roper, the Chicago Sun-Times said that madness abounds in the account an intense intricate darkly amusing and action infused thriller that doesn't always add up which we talk about mm-hmm. that's well, I, he didn't say that i said that but who cares It's big fun do you, do you find this to be movie be big fun i don't
1: know if i find it to be big fun interesting I, mean, I like it i mean the action scenes are cool it's the kind of movie i really like kind of like a spy thriller kind of movie there's enough of a mystery but it's not the not too
0: much of a mystery in terms of who's stealing the money and it all that stuff it doesn't bog
1: everything down yeah and you've got such an interesting Protagonists mm-hmm. in the accountant in Christian's character. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And this is a bad one. Richard Brody of the New Yorker panned the film, saying this thrill free thriller piles up plot lines like an overbuilt house of cards that comes crashing down at the first well earned guffaw of ridicule.
1: Boo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't agree with that. Uh, obviously. I like the plot you lines. You booed it. So obviously. I put this <laughs> on the list. Of course, I'd, I booed that. <laughs>
0: Uh, What did you think about the uh, his explanation of how the number three appears? You know, like all about that. I was
1: reading about it and it just kind of confused me. I'm not I'm not a good math guy. Well, let let "Ah."
0: let me read it for you.
1: While for dramatic effect,
0: the script calls out the repeated use of the number three as an indicator of fraudulent numbers. And what that they're talking about is that theory is called Benford's law. And it states that in numbers such as account transactions, the probability of a number occurring naturally drops as one moves from smaller numbers to the larger numbers following a logarithmic scale. So basically... When you start faking numbers, right? sometimes we have a bias towards not just three, but certain f- numbers. So that's how they can check. They can figure right. out
1: so if that. If you do it too many times, you're no longer going to be right. Random. So,
0: like, you might, you might be faking numbers, but you might be always, oh, let me put a three in there. Let me put a three in there. So they can catch that. I guess they, this law they have used. It's to like when you fake multiple
1: choice tests, you always go with the letter C. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they
0: have used <laughs> this to detect fraudulent uh, accounting transactions, which I, I, which I was fascinated by that. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, well, snap. C would be the third letter.
1: C is three. Well, he has three and eggs and pieces threes. of
0: bacon, all that stuff. They do that. Oh, yeah. they, they, the number three is kind of prevalent in the movie. So one of the things that they set up the house, this is, I'm completely jumping off that topic into another, they set up his house where his house is like set up to be defended
1: and we never right. get that payoff. Yeah. I was a little disappointed too. I, I forgot the minigun Then I was like, oh man, it would have been awesome if we got a minigun scene right? where the guys just show up like, all right, let's do this. And he just lights them up. And we get no payoff. There. Oh, that would have been so cool. Yeah.
0: No payoff with that, which I thought was like, ah. Well,
1: that's something you don't see every day. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any other quotes from the movie that you liked? I do like, what are you going to do? I'm going to find the person who wants to kill her and shoot them in the head. <laughs> I just like his, like, just direct, like, boom. Yeah. Or this is where you live. This is a storage unit. That would be weird. Yeah, it's
0: where you sleep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I like, I like when, uh, cause I think this is, I, I, I kind of think this is, this is legit when, the guy who heads the neuro, the Harbor Institute oh, says your of, son yeah. is different. He's like, sooner or later, different scares people. That's right.
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah. You know
0: what I mean? Like, you know, you hate to say it, but it's right. Difference does scare people. You know, you're not when you don't, not even, not even being autistic, not even like that in that realm, any realm, like if just you
1: as a person. Yep. If you're, if you're eclectic, not like everybody else, they're not going to yes. like you. Yeah. Which that's is what so, his father says as well. Right. They're not, they don't like you or dislike you. It's not about that. Yeah. It's about you being different and that scares them. Do you like that scene when he, he basically drives his kid to the fight, and then as as Christian starts fighting, he's like, "Go!" He lets his car like dog. I do like that scene. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah get him!" <laughs> <laughs> I also like that the first person Christian clocks is the guy that's clearly like the oldest of all those bullies. Oh yeah, and he's just like, "Boom!" Right in the face. <laughs> uh, I also love the line when they're talking to the the CFO and Dana. They're talking to Christian for the first time, and he's going to need the books for the first ten years. He's like, "You're pretty direct, aren't you?" how long have you been CFO 15 years? I'll need the book for 15 years.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I also like the, when Ray King and Medina first meet and he basically unveils that he knows her secret and then she gets up and he's, and he tells her to sit down. But I like, I mean, he's like, you know, he says, sit the F down. Yeah. I like when he says, this is a big moment for you. make a good choice. You know, I thought that was a nice, uh, a nice uh, line there.
1: Also like, um, so when Justine calls the house and Ray's got his feet up on the table, his hat over his head, Tell Elliot Ness to get his feet off the table. It's not in a barn. <laughs> I like the Elliot Ness connection.
0: Heavy sigh. It's heavy sigh. Did you realize who uh, the Justine character was the
1: girl from the beginning? In um, first viewing? On the first viewing, I saw it coming. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know it was going to be her. But when they went back to the neuroscience center, that's when I knew it was going to be her. When okay. he opens the door to that room. And I was just like, all right, she's, she's definitely. So
0: upon the second viewing, it was when he, the heavy side stuff.
1: Oh yeah. Cause the heavy side is clearly just yeah. like
0: heavy side. Not really. Yeah. Uh.
1: <laughs> but I still liked it. I was like, I, yeah. I like
0: that. No, vibe. yeah. I love that's a, that. That computer can uh, hack the panic. I guy. hate that line. Oh that's, yeah. You need that's that, that such though. But line. you need that line because you need to kind of like, it's like letting the audience know that funny. yes, it's her. And if you notice when she, and she tells the kid, Hey, dream boat. You know, you, you you know what do you think? You want to have fun or you want to ha- you want to stay in yeah. chat? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, there's a post-it note there that says contact CW at 402, which is Christian Wolf. I read that in the so, notes. Yeah. I didn't see it, yeah. but
1: obviously, also when he opens the door, you see the Muhammad Ali, um, puzzle all framed up, as right. Well, uh, so
0: before we get into why we think it's forgotten, one other thing I want to talk about is the FBI stuff. We kind of briefly touched upon that, but the Medina stuff, where she also all of a sudden starts doing audio technic stuff when she starts breaking down the, the Ravenite audio. Right, right, right. Like that
1: whole stuff. I, I think, what did you think of that? I didn't like any of that. Yeah, okay. Like, I think that should have just been a lot quicker or just not in there. Mm-hmm. They could have also been investigating the, the same case that Christian was maybe, mm-hmm. but I, I thought them kind of trying to find Christian, but literally they get nowhere with it. Right. It's such like a, just, you're only kind of trying to see if she's worthy of getting this information. But clearly, Justine and Christian also vetted her. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we make that they make that apparent when she calls her. So I, I don't think we need anywhere near. I think we still need the two of them, but I don't think we need anywhere near as much of them. And that, that solving that case isn't as necessary. we don't need him
0: in the sequel, but I'm wondering if we'll get him in the sequel.
1: You still might get her, but she probably won't be as prevalent. Yeah, maybe. Why are you saying this is forgotten or why are we saying it's I don't forgotten? think anybody talks about it. It's not a Marvel movie. It's a, it's a good action movie, but I feel like action movies, even when they're done well, like this kind of disappear. But this movie did money. It did do money. And then no one talked about it. And then as soon as we want, it was on HBO Max for forever. And then as soon as we wanted to watch it on that Forgotten Cinema, it goes to A&E and I got to pay to you rent it. Not, not for nothing. <sighs> yeah, I noticed that. And it
0: wasn't usually that happens at the end of the month. And it right. didn't because it was same thing happened to me. I was going to watch it on Wednesday and I had looked at it earlier in the week. And I was like, oh, good. HBO. Yep. And I'll just rent Digstown because Digstown would you couldn't find anywhere, which I ended up watching on Tubi.
1: I watched it on Pluto.
0: But Tubi didn't have ads. It kept saying ad five and then just skipped it. Was like, oh right. nice. Maybe it was too old for an ad. I don't I know. Had ads. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah. So I was like, okay, good. I'll watch an HBO Max.
1: And then it was gone. I was like, it wasn't the end of the month. I was I was really mad because I had kept seeing it every time I went to yeah. HBO Max. It was on my list. And then as soon as we need to watch it. Yeah, I was very surprised by that. By yeah. live TV on Hulu for watching A&E.
0: So you're saying it's forgotten because it's a good movie. While it's a good film and people have moved on from it, that you don't get the uh, overabundance of hype online or, or or on Twitter or anywhere in terms of saying like, you know, just talking about the account, and breaking down scenes, telling you Easter eggs that are in, the, in this episode.
1: I think it's tough to make a franchise nowadays that's not that people keep talking about. Like, I'm glad it made money. I'm glad it got a sequel. People aren't talking about it because it's not episodic. It's not superhero. It's spy based. You know, James Bond gets a lot of talk. Mission Impossible gets some, but even then not much, unless Tom Cruise has been on set yelling at someone or he's doing a stunt and people are watching the stunt from afar. Well,
0: Mission Impossible would not be as popular if Tom Cruise wasn't in it.
1: Exactly. So like, I think that this doesn't get as much talk because there's still James Bond because there's Mission Impossible, but this is a really capable, interesting action film where the action is good the story although we have it's we could poke holes in it it's still kind of interesting and your main character your protagonist is incredibly interesting and he's going up against a villain that turns out to be his brother and like, the ending really is not something you normally see mm-hmm. so i think that's why it's worth talking about but i think also possibly what hurts it in terms of why people don't really go and it it came out in october that's a good time for you didn't think it was a good time I I don't think it should have been a summer release, but I think November would have been better to get more attention. I think October people are looking for horror movies.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it's Warner Brothers, so they're no, and if if I'm not if I'm thinking correctly, because the IMAX Harry Potter marathon was this week, I'm pretty sure that their the next big Harry Potter movie was was coming in November. Oh, uh, one of the fantastic. So this movies is Warner Brothers, yeah. So they probably would want to give it the space that that it, that it needed. Okay. Um, th- now, Fantastic Beasts was 2016, 2017.
1: Second one probably was 2017. So I knew it took a long time to get to the next one. Yeah, Crimes so. of Grindelwald was 2018. So then what was 2016? Oh, 2016. It was a year apart. So yeah, 2016 was the first Fantastic Okay. Beasts. So that might so be why. Rooms. Okay. Yeah.
0: So that might be also, you know, because usually Potter is typically November. Yes. Most of the
1: Potter stuff, except uh, except when they did part one and two at definitely Hollows. They had to, though. Yeah. But Dumbledore
0: wasn't. I mean, that's tough because of the pandemic. When was Dumbledore? Dumbledore was March, but that's because yeah. it got delayed. Yeah, that was why. Yeah. Not that it mattered. <laughs> <laughs> uh I, I mean, I can understand what you're saying. I think I think it's tough to keep blaming MCU films. I, I agree with you. I think one of the things that I uh, Ethan Hawke, when he just came out and said that, you know, like marvel and disney and for in terms of mcu are i think when he was talking about like what scorsese says and what other people say is how and marvel is great with actors
1: but not great but not great with directors i
0: absolutely agree with that because we talk about all the time a lot of of these big time directors that become big time directors have one indie they do really well and they get snatched up for a big film not necessarily because they're talented i'm sure they are talented but it's because they can be told what to do yep and and you know you uh, listen all of us are going to say yes to, oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like, to no, be asked to do them. that, you know, but at some point, you know, the you, talent has to shine through. So you're going to have to go off and do something to show that you can do a movie without an executive in your pocket going, "No, no, 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 we're doing this." Yep. So uh, I, so I thought that note is um, something that uh, I don't know why I wanted to bring it up, but but <laughs> just talking about the MCU, I think you know, big films, big tentpole films. The accountants not a big tentpole film. Would sure. it, would it be a big tentpole film 10-15 years ago? Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I I think that it's uh, I like this fall release. I think it did well. I'm getting a sequel, which I like. Right. um Maybe it's not talked about enough by casual film goers because it came and went and there's no really no place to find it. Um, you're really not going to go back to I mean when you go back to watch a Ben Affleck film. You might watch a lot of the other more known ones. It is only six years old, so maybe it needs some time to kind of gestate a little bit yeah. and people need to come back to it at some point in, in a couple, couple more years I definitely think it's worth a rewatch uh, not just for Affleck but uh, for Burnthal who's really good in it I mean it's, those are the two standouts
1: I think that's the other thing I think you put this on HBO Max I'm sure it'll go back to it eventually A&E's contract will expire and it'll go back <laughs> put out like how Netflix puts out like just changes posters a few years in the sure. future change up the poster and do Ben Affleck and John Burnthal on the poster I'm sure because oh. as John Burnthal's star has risen I think people might be more interested to see him. On that will well. happen
0: if he gets nominated or gets uh, wins an Oscar at some point in the next five, ten years, which I was shocked that he hasn't been nominated yet.
1: I'm shocked he hasn't gotten an Emmy.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, he's got that new show coming out. Maybe we'll get it for that.
1: Maybe. And he was in the uh, he's did two shows this year because uh, We Own the Night or We Own the City well, is also this year as well. But was that up for
0: nomination or no? Well,
1: it's this year, so it would be up be for next, the next year. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. the same yeah. uh, as well as America. Cool. Gigolo. All right. Where can people find us? You can find us at forgotten cinema podcast.com or forgotten entertainment.com as we are part of the forgotten entertainment family. While you're there, check out all the other great podcasts and video series we do there for you. And, uh, we're also available wherever you get your podcasts as we said at the beginning of the episode. So while you're there, rate, review, and subscribe to us, uh, that would help us out a lot. And if you want to join us on the socials, we post a bunch of commercials and posts all the time, mostly field, pretty much only field. And, uh, Talk to us on The Lobby. It's on Facebook uh, where we talk about movies and we ask questions. Let us know what you guys think about the account and if you guys liked it, if you guys saw it, if you think our episode will convince you to see it. And if you didn't like it, I don't want to hear about it because I really like this movie. So don't talk to me about it.
0: And join us next week where we'll be having another guest star. John Amenta from The Pint Podcast has chosen for us to do the 2005 film Serenity. So uh, I don't think we'll get canceled by doing this film, right? But eh, who cares? I don't think he's canceled so much. It's just kind of like no one one likes likes him anymore. He's a big old jerk. Yeah. Well, we're going to be talking about uh, Space Cowboys next week. Uh, So (laughs) join us next week with John Amenta. John, we can't wait to have you on. Um, Until then, I'm Mike Field.
1: I'm Mike Butler. And
0: this has been Forgotten Cinema. Hello there. General McMillan, I was expecting a podcaster of your abilities to be a little older. Anders, you're
1: shorter than I expected. No need to be so uncivilized. I'm Anders, that's Colleen. Join us along with our co-hosts, Daniel and Flo for yet another Star Wars podcast because the internet can never have enough nerds talking about Star Wars. This season, we're headed, hopefully
0: briefly, back again to the edges of Tatooine's Dune Sea to explore the new series, Obi-Wan Kenobi. We'll search our feelings for what we know is true, that changing your first name from Obi-Wan to Ben is the most effective cover story in the history of the
1: galaxy. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family.